Welcome to the Classic Speeches Podcast, presented by BYU Speeches, bringing you treasured talks from 70 years of BYU devotionals. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts, or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts. It is a joy to have an opportunity to speak to you this evening. I'm going to talk and try to uh, have us share some scriptures. And the subject I'll talk on, that ye may be children of light. Do you remember uh, being afraid of the dark when you were a child? When you became frightened, you probably turned on the lights, all the lights in the house. When your parents came home later in the evening, they'd ask, why is every light in the house on? Then they would proceed to lecture you about the family budget and the cost of electricity. You had learned, however, that by turning on an electric light or by lighting a candle, there was no more darkness, no more fear. You, sim- you learned a simple law of nature, which is also a spiritual law. Light and darkness cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Satan and his disciples cannot tolerate the spiritual light of the gospel. They must immediately depart. When we live the commandments, our countenance is surrounded by the gospel light. With this spiritual light, we no longer wander in strange and darkened paths of the adversary, becoming lost, discouraged, depressed, or fearful. Walking in the light of the gospel, we will not lose sight of our eternal goals. Teach me to walk in the light of his love. Teach me to pray to my Father above. Teach me to know of the things that are right. Teach me, teach me to walk in the light. Jesus taught that we should be faithful and believing children of light. Ye are all the children of light and the children of day. We are not of night nor of darkness, the Savior told us. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. That which is of God is light. And he that receiveth light and continueth in God receiveth more light. And that light groweth brighter and brighter until the perfect day. That perfect day is when we are able to stand in the presence of God and endure his light. And again, verily I say unto you, and I say that you may know the truth, that you may chase darkness from among you. Truth is light that dispels darkness. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I am the life and light of the world. When Jesus was teaching the people, they inquired about his death and wondered if they'd be left alone when he was gone from their presence in mortality. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you meaning he would soon depart mortality. Walk while ye have the light with you, meaning that he was in their presence. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness, said the Savior, knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed. It is important that we understand the significance to each of us when Jesus taught, Believe in the light, that ye may be children of light. 
We must have faith and know that we are children of light and that through faith in Jesus, our Savior, and obedience to his commandments, we may have his spirit, his light, to be with us, to guide us always. If we are to be children of light, we must walk in the light and with our agency, choose the right. Yes, walk in the light, shun darkness. We must choose the right and defend the right when the choice is placed before us. Think of the choices you are making each day. Will I go to school? How hard will I study? Will I go to church? How obedient will I be to the commandments which have been taught to me? Will I prepare myself to go to the temple and on a mission? Will I be worthy to go to the temple and seal to my companion for time and all eternity? Who will be my friends? Did I choose them for the right reasons? What kind of a friend will I be? What kind of a son or daughter, brother or sister am I? Do I spiritually strengthen all family members with my conduct and attitude? Will I be honest and live with integrity in all my choices? These and many more choices and decisions must be encountered each day of our lives. How we make each daily choice in life affects what we become during our life in mortality as well as the consequences, more importantly, for our eternal lives. If we as members of the Church are obedient and walk in the light, having both the light of Christ and the gift of the Holy Ghost to guide us, we will make the right choices. If we make our choices without the Holy Ghost, we will make wrong choices, which will lead us toward darkness, and we will wander in strange paths and be lost. The first teaching about light begins in the Bible, the book of Genesis, where the creation of the earth is recorded. God divided light from darkness. Also, the separation of light and darkness symbolizes the difference between the light of Christ and the darkness that surrounds Satan and his followers. He is known as the Prince of Darkness. Let's turn to the scriptures. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening of the first morning was the first day. When the Spirit of God moved upon the creation, there was light. The light of the Spirit is good and will always divide and dispel darkness, the darkness of evil. We will never be left in darkness if we are obedient to the commandments and have the Holy Ghost with us always. In our daily lives, we must understand how important the light of the Spirit is to us. As in the creation of the earth, the light of Christ is our salvation, our protection from the darkness of the adversary. We will never be left without the light of Christ, even when there is darkness all around us in this mortal probation. In the creation of the earth, we are assured that there is light even on the darkest of nights. The book of Genesis teaches us more about the importance of light as part of the creation of the earth. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the 
greater light to rule the day, the sun, the lesser light to rule the night, the moon, he made stars also for the night. And God set them in a firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule upon the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw fit that it was good. And the evening and the morning was the fourth day. Just reflect on the power of light provided for this earth by our loving Heavenly Father. Without light, living things now on earth would be unable to survive. Light from the sun provides energy for life on earth. Plants change the energy of sunlight into food energy in the process called photosynthesis. Very nearly all living organisms on earth depend directly or indirectly on photosynthesis for their food energy. We depend also on the energy of sunlight to warm the earth, keeping it in the temperature range necessary for living things to survive. The light of the moon and the stars provide a navigational standard that can guide the mariner directly toward his, his intended target, his goal. The light of Christ provides a spiritual standard to guide us safely home, to live again with him and our Heavenly Father. When we talk of the Holy Ghost and having the Spirit to be with us, we must talk about obedience. When we pray, when we study the scriptures, when we obediently live the commandments, we have within us a guiding light that can be obtained in no other way. The light of Christ is brighter than the sun. Where Jesus is, there's no need of the illumination of the sun, the moon, or the stars. The scriptures tell an interesting story. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Then it said, continually, There is no need of a candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And then the Lord said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light the world, he that followeth me, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life that is eternal life. But if a man walk at night, he stumbleth, the Savior told us, because there is no light in him. Then Jesus said unto them, Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. For ye were sometimes darkness. But now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Then the Savior said, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in darkness, to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The Lord is an everlasting light without beginning and without end. His light will never fail us in time of need. Isaiah taught, the sun shall no more thy light be by day, neither the brightness shall the moon give thee by night, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Light has come into the world, and men love darkness. The glory of God is intelligence, or in other words, words, light and truth. Light and truth forsake that evil one. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. 
For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Contrast the the condition of despair and darkness that is Satan's with the joy and happiness that dwells with us in the brightness of hope that is found in the Spirit and light of our Savior. We need eyes to see the light of Christ. The human eye does not function in total darkness. It functions on the basis of reflected light. Sight or vision is a rapidly occurring process that involves continuous interaction between the eye, the nervous system, and the brain. When someone looks at an object, they are really seeing the reflected light from that object. This reflected light passes through the lens, falls on the retina of the eye, and here the light induces nerve impulses that travel through the optic nerve to the brain, and then over the nerves within the retina there are 75 to 150 million rods and 7 million cones in the human retina. It then goes to muscles and glands, and then we are able to have eyes to see, and that requires reflected light. The human eye, once again, cannot function in total darkness. Heavenly Father never left us without light. We must use our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to understand. Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, that have ears to hear and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. We live in the world, but we must not be of the world. Our eyes need to see the reflected light of the Holy Spirit and of gospel truths. By the power of the Spirit, our eyes were opened and our understandings were enlightened, so as to see and understand the things of God. Jesus taught, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. You and I have the opportunity to see and to hear if we will ask in prayer and study and be obedient. The Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. The Son also, but the Holy Ghost has not a body of flesh and bones, but a personage of spirit. Were it not so, the Holy Ghost could not dwell in us. Church members must use both the light of Christ and the gift of the Holy Ghost, which has been given to us, that we may make important choices so that we might know whom we might serve. The first important choice I'd like to speak of this evening is whom will we serve? Joshua. An elder prophet gave the people a choice. Joshua taught his people this principle. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. To fear the Lord is to honor, respect, and love the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and truth. Serve ye the Lord. 
And then that great prophet Joshua said to his people, Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people departed and returned and said unto Joshua, We will serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord as a declaration of a great prophet, teaching his people, reminding them of their shortcomings. It is a declaration of his testimony and what he and his family or his house intended to do. And the people said, We will serve the Lord. And Joshua caused a pillar of stone to be erected. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of law of God and took a great stone and set it there underneath an oak tree. And that was a sanctuary for the Lord that the people could come to and that every time they passed it, it would remind them of the promise they'd made with the Lord, for they had agreed to serve the Lord. Joshua then said, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen to serve him. And they accepted that challenge and were indeed witnesses against themselves that they agreed to serve the Lord. We are told as we read further in this scripture that the people under Joshua did serve the Lord. But a very important lesson is given to us. Not only did they serve the Lord, that the people who lived after them in the next generation served the Lord and were true to this covenant. Once we have made the choice to serve the Lord, we will then have the light and spirit within us to be able to have our agency to make the right choices. And so will our posterity for generations to come. Enoch humbly asked why he had found favor, for he desired and described himself as but a lad and slow of speech. And he said, all the people hate me. The Lord told him to go as commanded that no man shall pierce thee. When we do as the Lord commands, we are protected from the fiery darts of the adversary. Enoch was told to open thy mouth, and it shall be filled. He was told to say to his people, Choose ye this day to serve the Lord God. He was promised that mountains would flee before him, rivers would turn from their courses. Say unto this people, Choose ye this day to serve the Lord God who made you. My message today is that we do as the Lord has commanded his prophets, to walk in the light, choose the right, and to put on the whole armor of God so that we can defend the right and choose ye this day whom we will serve, the Lord. We are standing at the crossroads of life. Many are making choices which are placed before them. Everything that you need to guide you has been learned in your home, in primary, in church teachings, seminary, and institute. But you are going to be leaving your homes. You will be on your own very soon. You have been given agency, and you will have choices to make which will have an influence on who you are and what you will be. In primary, you learned to choose the right when the choice is placed before you. What is meant by choose the right? Heavenly Father has blessed us with agency to choose right from wrong. And the Messiah cometh in the fullness of time, that he may redeem the children of men from the fall by his atonement. And because they are redeemed from the fall, they have become free forever, knowing good from evil, and to act for themselves and not to be acted upon. 
Wherefore, men are free according to the flesh, and they are free to choose liberty and eternal life through their great mediator of all men, or choose captivity and death according to the power of the devil. For the devil, he seeketh that all men might be miserable like unto himself. And now, my sons, I would that ye should look to the great Redeemer, hearken unto his great commandments, and be faithful unto his words, and choose eternal life according to the will of his Holy Spirit. Agency means I am free to choose right and wrong, and I am responsible for my choices. What choices can I make, even if others around me choose to be unrighteous? The story of Joseph is a good example of righteous choices we can make under the most adverse circumstances. Joseph served faithfully and loved the Lord and blessed his family after being sold into Egypt. He was sold into Egypt by his brothers when he was 17 years of age. He was later tempted by Potiphar's wife and was placed among evil and designing men that surrounded Pharaoh. In every challenge, he proved faithful. May we also be faithful and strong like Joseph when we have difficult choices to make in times of trials and tribulations. For verily I say unto you, Blessed is he that keepeth my commandments, rather in life or in death, and he that is faithful in tribulation. The reward of the same is greater in the kingdom of heaven. You will be blessed when you are faithful in your trials and tribulations. Of that I can assure you. Remember that whenever we have a choice to make, there is opposition. And it must needs be that the devil should tempt the children of men, or they could not have agency unto themselves. We are accountable to our Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Parents for our choices. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. And there are very few of us this evening who have not been taught what is correct. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. We must love the Lord as he showed love for his Father and follow his example of being obedient to choose the right. He said it very simply, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, we shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Sometimes we forget how obedient Jesus was to his Father's commandments and desires, and we will prove them herewith, to see if they will do all things whatsoever their Lord God shall command them. Heavenly Father gave us commandments to guide us and help us to choose the right. Often we hear that commandments are restrictive and difficult to live. Commandments are given to us by a loving Father that cares for us and wants us through our obedience to live a happy and joyous life. But learn that he who doeth the works of righteousness shall receive his reward, even peace in this world and eternal life in the world to come. Choosing to live the commandments saves us the pain and sorrow that comes from acts of disobedience. Light and truth forsake that evil one. The greatest sorrow would be living unworthily here in mortality and not being able to return into the presence of God, our Father, eternally. If we remain faithful, keeping his commandments, after going to the temple, we will have the opportunity of returning to him to return into the presence of God 
we must keep our minds and our bodies pure and healthy. If thou wilt do good, yea, and hold out faithful to the end, thou shalt be saved in the kingdom of God, which is the greatest of all gifts of God, for there is no gift greater than the gift of salvation. Our choices have consequences. For example, we all chose to live Heavenly Father's plan, to obtain a mortal body coming to earth. In the image of his own body, male and female, created he them and blessed them. In the day when they were created because they're living souls, in the land upon the footstool of God. We must be obedient to the commandments if we are to receive blessings that come from our faithful consecration. There is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven before the foundations of this world upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we obtain blessings from God, it is by obedience to that law upon which it is predicated. For thus saith the Lord, I, the Lord, am merciful and gracious, unto those who fear me, who love me, and delight in honor those who serve me in righteousness and in truth unto the end. Great shall be their reward, and eternal shall be their glory. The Atonement of Jesus Christ allows us to correct our wrong choices by sincere repentance. Repentance requires us to recognize that we have done wrong and confess our sins to our bishop and to the Lord. We must experience sincere sorrow for our transgression and a commitment to never repeat our disobedient act. In addition, we are required to make restitution to the injured parties to the fullest extent that is possible. Our feelings when we have done wrong weigh us down heavy with sorrow and shame. The scriptures tell us, For our words will condemn us, yea, all our works will condemn us, and we shall not be found spotless. And our thoughts will also condemn us. And in this awful state, we shall not dare to look up to our God. We would fain be glad if we could command the rocks of the mountains to fall upon us, to hide us from his presence. That has always been a poignant scripture for me. But oh, the joy of experiencing the joyful heart and the peace of mind that comes from the feeling of the Spirit and being granted the remission of our sins after attaining full repentance from our transgression because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And it came to pass, after they had spoken those words, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, and they were filled with joy, having received a remission of their sins, and having peace of conscience, and because of exceeding faith which they had in Jesus Christ, who should come, according to the words which King Benjamin had spoken unto them. Behold, he who has repented of his sins, the same is forgiven, and I, the Lord, remember them no more. Is there anything more beautiful than to realize the time will come when the Lord will not remember them, nor God, any more? By this ye may know if a man repenteth of his sins. Behold, he will confess them and forsake them. For behold, I, God, have suffered these things for all that they might not suffer if they would repent. We should prepare ourselves each week to be worthy of partaking the sacrament and renewing our baptismal covenants. When we were baptized, we took upon us the name of Jesus Christ. Taking upon us the sacred name of Jesus Christ was a covenant and brought with us the ordinance in the ordinance of baptism a promise of consecrated service and obedience to his commandments, which we can renew each time we partake of the sacrament. 
If we can partake worthily of the sacrament each week, we will remember his atoning sacrifice for us, take his sacred name upon us, and covenant to keep his commandments. We will renew our law of obedience. When we have done these things, he gives us the greatest blessing that he can bestow upon us, to always have his spirit, his light, to be with us. What greater blessing could we ask for in mortality? When we're making choices, we should be mindful of the sacred ordinances and covenants taken at our baptism and renewed each time we partake of the sacrament, and also the covenants that we will make in the temple. Daily prayer, scripture study, and obedience to the commandments will assure us of having the Holy Ghost guide and strengthen us as we make important right choices in life. Counsel with the Lord in all thy doings, and he will direct thee for good. Yea, when thou liest down at night, lie down unto the Lord, that he may watch over you in your sleep. And when thou risest in the morning, let thy heart be full of thanks unto God. And if ye do these things, ye shall be lifted up at the last day. Daily prayers and scripture study will help us to ask the question, what does Jesus want me to do? And our obedience to the commandments will give us the courage to do what is right. Studying the scriptures and teaching and the teachings of living prophets, if we will study them, help us apply lessons learned to our immediate needs that will help us make the right decisions, blessing us throughout our lives. Oh, remember, my son, learn wisdom in thy youth. Yea, learn in thy youth to keep the commandment of God. If we will learn when we are young, we will make the right decisions when we are older. Then eternal blessings can be ours. Be thou humble, and the Lord God shall lead thee by the hand and give the answer to thy prayers. Yea, behold, I will tell you in your mind and your heart by the Holy Ghost, which shall come upon you and which shall dwell in your heart. Sometimes difficult choices require a great deal of pondering and praying before we receive the confirmation of the Spirit that will give peace to our mind that our decision is the right choice. Oliver Cowdery was admonished to be patient when seeking the direction of the Spirit. He was told, but behold, I say unto you, that you must study it out in your mind, that you must ask if it be right, and if it be right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you. Therefore you shall feel that it is right. But if it not be right, you shall have no such feelings, but you shall have a stupor of thought that shall cause you to forget the thing which is wrong. Therefore, you cannot write that which is sacred, save it be given you from me. We have spoken of the light of Christ and the importance of having the Holy Ghost to guide us as we make our righteous decisions. As I've been preparing this message to share with you, I have had feelings that we should be like the Savior, and he admonished us to come follow me. Wouldn't it be pleasing to Jesus if you and I could let our light so shine that those who followed us would be following the Savior. There are those searching for the light that will gladly pass through the gate of baptism onto the straight and narrow way that leads to eternal life. Will you be that light that will lead them to that safe harbor? The headlines of a recent newspaper article seem to jump off the page. Lost in the fog, 757 plunges into the Pacific. 
with 70 people on board, Aero Peru Flight 603 from Lima, Peru to Santiago, Chile, had fallen from the dark and foggy sky into the icy Pacific waters off the coast of Peru. What happened? Moments before the crash, the pilot of the aircraft was asking these same questions. In fact, his dialogue went on for 50 minutes with such questions as this. What's happening? What altitude am I at? Why is my ground crash alarm on? Am I over land or sea? I don't have any instruments. With all of his navigational aids failed and thick fog preventing him from seeing any lights of ground, no orientation of a horizon, I believe the pilot may have been experiencing vertigo. If an airplane turns at a constant two or three degrees, the motion is imperceptible. I have had teaching pilots take me up and turn me completely upside down in an airplane when I've had the cover over and we've been on instruments. So that when you pull the stick back, instead of going up, you go directly to the ground. This is a very important point for us. If a person inside can't see the lights and gets disoriented and doesn't believe they know where they're going, it is a terrible feeling. And he could be flying completely upside down and not even be aware of it. When a pilot realizes he's losing altitude, his automatic reaction is to pull a stick back. And if he is not flying straight and level, the plane can dive towards the ground rather than climb safely to the sky. If we are not careful, we can experience spiritual vertigo. If we stray off the course of obedience only two or three degrees, almost imperceptible, we can become disoriented, losing sight of our eternal destination and not even realizing how far off our course we are, we will make poor choices. Our Savior does not want us to crash. His desire is for us to choose the route that will bring us back to the straight and narrow path, to live with Him eternal. Come follow me. That is His plea. That's what He's asked of us. He provides the light that will keep us on the course and bring us back into His presence. The pilot of Aero Peru Flight 603 asked for a guide plane, a light, if you will, to show him the way back to the airport. Before dawn, officials in Peru lined up ambulances, fire trucks, gasoline-powered generators, and reflectors on the dark beach so that possible survivors would have bright lights to swim towards. They knew the plane had gone down. A beautiful hymn brightly beams our Father's mercy gently reminds us of the importance of being a light for others to follow. Brightly beams our Father's mercy from his lighthouse evermore. But to us, he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. Let the lower lights be burning. Send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen. You may rescue, you may save. Will we be that kind of a friend that those who know us will be able to live the gospel teachings and never have to choose between our ways and the Lord's ways? Have you ever stopped to think that perhaps you are the light sent by Heavenly Father to lead another safely home or to be a beacon from a distance to show the way back to the straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life? Your light is a beacon. Your countenance shines. And it should never stop burning 
or mislead those who are looking for a way home. Let the lower lights keep burning, that you may have the struggling seamen be able to know where to go in a turbulent sea of life. Elder John Groberg was once asked to go with Elder Boyd K. Packer to Samoa to create a new stake in the island of Upolu. Their plan was to fly one afternoon from Savai'i to Upolu. On the day of the scheduled flight, however, an intense tropical storm stirred up the elements, so much so that it was far too dangerous to fly. The only way back to Apollo was on the boat, and that mode of travel was extremely treacherous and dangerous. The flight to Apollo would have taken less than half an hour, and under normal circumstances, the boat journey would have taken just a few hours. Conditions were far from normal, however. The boat went up and down and rolled and pitched all over the angry ocean for more than hours, more hours than was usual. It was a terrible evening. Nearly everyone on board got sick. They held tightly to one another to keep from being thrown and pitched overboard. Finally, in the thick darkness of the night, they approached the harbor of Malifaniao, only to learn that they had another obstacle. There was only a small opening in the reef. They had to negotiate it perfectly to keep from being torn to pieces on the sharp coral on either side. Normally, there are two lights for the night entry. One, the lower light, was burning at the wharf. But there had to be another one lined up perfectly with it on the hill, a far way off. When they lined the two together, the captain would know where he should enter into the opening properly. Unfortunately, the only light that night was the one on the wharf. The lower light was burning, but there was no light upon the hill. The reason being, they could not tell accurately where to enter the opening. They later found that the two men who were supposed to turn the light on on the hill had said to each other, it's a terrible stormy night. No one would be crazy enough to try to come in from Savai'i. Let's just stay home tonight and not go out into the storm for no reason at all. The boat in which Elder Groberg and Elder Packer were traveling had to reroute to a safer port some distance around the island. They were going all night long in the storm. They arrived cold and soaked from the ocean water with little time to spare for their meetings and an experience of understanding what happens when someone's light does not go, is not lit. Years ago, uh, as pilots, we had a phrase, there's nothing more dangerous than a fallen lighthouse. There is nothing more dangerous when your light or my light goes out and someone's depending on it. It isn't just nice to be a light for others. It's essential for their exaltation as well as for our own. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We are children of light. As children of light, we walk in the light. We choose the right. We stand for the right. Choosing the right the decision-making process. Knowing what is right, choose to learn what is the right way to live your life, living the principles and keeping commandments and covenants that guide you and protect you as you exercise your agency in daily choices. Will you have a desiring to do what is right once you know what is right? 
Choose to do what is right when you have a choice to make that will affect your eternal goals. Controlling the natural man's attitudes and pride. Be humble. Doing what is right. Choose to do what is right before your greatest desire is to love the Lord and be obedient to his laws, ordinances, and commandments, and return back into his presence eternally. Choose to do what is right because you love yourself and honor those who love you. Helping others to do what is right. Choose to be of service and be an example of what is right by lifting and strengthening others to do what is right because you care for them. Choose to turn around and repent immediately if you ever depart from the straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life. Repentance is a merciful result of our Savior's atoning sacrifice because of the love of our Father in heaven and his Son, Jesus Christ, have for each of us. I leave you my testimony that I know that God lives and that Jesus is the Christ. I would ask that each one of us, as we contemplate and think about the discussion this evening, would be a light, that we will walk in the light, that we will choose the right, and that we will defend the right. I know that God lives and that he is the light. His son, Jesus Christ, has been given to us so that we may know where to go, that each one of us may have that feeling and lift and strengthen those around us, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to the Classic Speeches podcast presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts, including recent speeches, updated weekly with new talks given on BYU campus, as well as other speeches compilations on love and marriage, overcoming adversity, by study and by faith. Come follow me, the prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Go to speeches.byu.edu and click on podcasts for more information. You can also find all BYU Speeches podcasts at your preferred podcast provider.